Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eat Vermont podcast. My name is Rocket. I am the founder of Eat Vermont. Our mission with this podcast is to highlight voices from all around Vermont's food scene. Today's episode features a conversation with Liv and Donnie, the co-owners and co-founders of Fox Market and Bar in East Montpelier. If you are trying to place this on a map, it is the intersection of Route 2 and Route 14. So basically, when you're going from Montpelier to the Northeast Kingdom or back, you'll pass right by this. And speaking of that, it's easy to drive by Fox Market and Bar and say, that looks cute. I wonder what's inside and to keep driving. I would encourage you to make the wise decision to pull into their parking lot. What you'll find is a really well curated market featuring lots of local Vermont products. You'll find really delicious food made from scratch right there on the spot. And you will also find maybe best of all, just a cozy, comforting environment. In the conversation that follows, Liv talks about wanting to create a space that just feels like community, feels like home. And I really think, having visited a handful of times, that she and Donnie have pulled that off. Not only do I encourage you to stay tuned through this episode so you can hear their story from their mouths, but also to make the effort to just go out there, support local, and check it out for yourself. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to today's sponsor, Vermont Womenpreneurs convenes, connects, and celebrates women-owned businesses across the state, building a thriving community focused on collaboration over competition. Learn more about their network at vtwomenpreneurs.com. That's vtwomenpreneurs.com. Now, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Liv and Donnie. So let's start from the beginning. Where where did you grow up? How did you what happened? What did you start with your love of food? Uh, so I'm from Maine originally. Mm-hmm. Grew up there. I've been working in the food industry since I was in high school, and you know, different levels. Was a, a ran a counter, helped do dishes, uh-huh. <laughs> crimped pies for a long time. Yeah. Um, where in Maine were you? Central Mid Coast, so okay. just outside of Belfast, okay. up towards Unity a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up, and. Um, and then went to college in Portland and lived in the Bar Harbor, Mount Desert Island area for a while. Nice. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, it was so pretty there. Yeah. yeah, I worked at a bakery there called Morning Glory, which is actually now, had just closed two years ago, maybe. Uh-huh. That was one of the most, like, transformative mm. food working experiences that I think I ever had. Really? Um, but yeah, it was right after college and I was working there maybe 70, 80 hours a week. And wow. Yeah, it's it's second only to this place in yeah, terms sure. of time it took in my life to yeah. work. Yeah, but mostly I've just always loved being a home cook, you know, and, yeah. and having people over and feeding people. I, I love being able to be at a party but in the kitchen and <laughs> sort of a part of the scene, but also, you know, being able to retreat a little bit. And yeah. Then, taking care of people in that way feels mm-hmm. so um, wonderful and, and definitely, you know, fuels my ego and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. makes me feel like I'm contributing and taking care Part of Part of a group. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, how did you guys meet and decide to start Fox Market and Bar? We um, worked at Hunger Mountain Co-op together um, and were there together for maybe five years. Donnie had been there for 12 years. 10, 12 years before I started. Um, and we both worked in the grocery department and 
realized really quickly I I had been hired into that department maybe a year before Donnie was and then um, realized really quickly that we enjoyed sort of working together and mm. playing off each other and talking about ideas and um, sort of daydreaming about food the food scene and food culture and and how to like best merchandise chicken broth and yeah, yeah. how like what would be the most exciting new thing to carry and yeah. what sort of um, builds a brand and what makes a business work and um, sort of those very like technical aspects of running a business that yeah. might not always seem exciting to everyone we found really exciting to talk about with each other and, mm. and both I think both find those things really exciting to think about so you kind of geeked out about the business details. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. That what, what year was that? I think 2017, 20... Somewhere in there, yeah. 20, uh, Late 2016, 2016, I think, yeah. Okay. It's like, we could just talk for hours about, like, branding's not what your logo looks like. It's what... It feels like when you pull into the driveway or you walk with a server, you know, mm. like that's branding. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not your logo. I mean, that's, your logo is, it's the is small, a piece of it. <laughs> but it's, it's a very small piece of it. Like, mm. um, it's like the, the emotional experience for a consumer. Yeah. I mean, well, that's interesting you should say that because I feel like one of them, like the real standouts of what you guys have done is the exterior brand, like that experience of like even coming over that hill here and you, and then it emerges. Yeah. Your space emerges and then you show up and you walk in. Well, there's the signs, the flags, the colors, the paint. Like there's so much detail you guys have put in. That's pretty obvious from my perspective. I mean, I think from anyone's perspective, maybe none of us would see all the detail in the first pass that you guys have probably layered in over and over and over and over. But like truly, like when you walk in and that reel we did for Eat Vermont, like that opening the door, you go in there and like there's that whole, there's like these different it's not a huge space. No. But yeah. there's different, like, very distinct vibes to each yeah, of the spaces. So it's, it is cool to hear you talk about that and say, oh, wow, yeah, clearly that's at play. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's definitely, like, I think an energy that we... Um, yeah. I don't know. It, come, it like comes from having a really strong idea about what, what this place is and who we are and, who, and how we want to present. Yeah. And then everything else from there can feel like a little playful or accidental or, you know, it's like, oh, this really cool piece of art just came into our lives. Mm. Let's find a spot for it. Okay. And so it's not like as methodical or, um, you know, sort of logical in that, like, we're not curating every little right. detail so much as it is just like we know what the energy we want to yeah. be is which is this feeling of like you've come to your friend's house mm. and you're in their their living room and you're hanging out and they're gonna make some food for you and you're gonna have some drinks and you're gonna listen to the music they pick out and hopefully you like it and maybe you don't yeah <laughs> but you're gonna stick around but anyway. you're gonna stick yeah. around because yeah. you feel comfortable and mm -hmm. you might play some board games you might have a a new date that you're bringing over to your friend for the first you know it's like that yeah. feeling of um yeah walking into a friend's home and so oh that's cool yeah, not, it doesn't, for me, there's like, there are businesses that feel very curated and very meticulous, and yeah. I think that's that's lovely and beautiful, mm -hmm. and um, I don't think we went that route with it, but I do think there's, we know what feeling we want people to have when they come to our place, and, um, and everything from there just kind of comes out of that idea. So it's just like a solid grounding in your, like the core identity, which is like a comfortable place to like replicate a living room space uh, of someone that you love yeah. or you feel loved by or something yeah. and then you would come to. So we, 
we took that, just like you're saying, yeah. and we let the community create the space. We we still hold kind of that, and we like, for a good example is we don't do art exhibits here, okay. like upstairs. We have our own art on the wall, because when you go to a friend's house, uh-huh. there's not an art exhibit going on. Right, it's not and rotating we, art. Yeah. yeah, it's not rotating art. Um, mm. What we have up there is is things that we have like or most of it now um, is the things that have been given to us. Mm. Um, almost all the art here, there's so many beauty, beautiful pieces of art. Yeah, upstairs have been given to us from yeah. from rugs to quilts to paintings. Um, and this mural was given to us. Um, yeah, that runs probably a hundred feet in our backyard. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's all spray paint. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And then this one right here is a work in progress. It's a memorial to Fern. Um, yeah. So it, it got a half done last year, but this we're trying our best to compensate the same artist just because we, yeah, it means a lot to us to compensate the people cool. for their work. Of course. Um, this one, he just wanted to practice doing murals. Um, and then yeah. we asked him if he wanted to come back and we pay him to do more yeah. for us. Sweet. So. And this one was really cool. It was, um, he did most of the, Uncle Iraq is his artist name. He did most of the design for it um, and a lot of the actual painting of it, but it, it was actually sort of done as a big community project. So there, um, last July 30th, um, a bunch of people came out and all helped to sort of get the base layers down and get some of the pieces and mm-hmm. like different shapes and, and images on there done. Um, and it ended up being like a big community art project. It's, it's beautiful. I, I mean, beautiful. not knowing what the master vision is for that, like to me, if I came here, I would feel like it was done. Yeah. You know, like. I, and that's kind of a cool thing about, you, know, you see like a building that's half done, it's like obviously half done. Yeah. But that painting looks great, feels great. And actually it's cool to hear you describe the way that you want to create like a hominess, is that kind of a right word? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And because back here in the yard, it feels like someone's backyard. Like it, that is actually what it feels like. Maybe more tables than you would have in a normal And that's backyard. the same with upstairs too. Yeah. Very much a homey. It's, yeah. But it's got it three like living, living rooms. rooms. It's got three <laughs> living rooms. Yeah. Right. So you kind of just like amplify, like magnify that a little bit. Um, it has to be a hybrid. Yeah, exactly. We, it's like, we need to get it's like your now. fridge would be like, if you went to your friend's house and had a yeah. fridge like that, you'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the market side of it. Um, that's, that's cool. And, and I, I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about where you live, but I think that's kind of an interesting aspect of it too. That I live here? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't yeah. want to out you. Or no. Okay. I'm pretty open about it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, we. Um, your, your door does go into the backyard. My so. door goes right into the backyard. That's my, oh, that that's is my kitchen that's, door right there. Oh, okay. that's how um, it goes in and out. Right. That's how, usually how I come in and out of work at the end of the day and, and the beginning and of the day. And the kids day. do. And, and the kids run in and out of there and hang out there yeah. all day and. Your yeah. name's so great that you're always living, you know? Yeah, I'm always living. So here's, a, here's a, a business life question about this. Work-life balance, living on site, I mean, how do you manage that? Oh, yeah, definitely manage that well. No, that's awesome. <laughs> Liv has never been able to, in my um, humble opinion, uh, manage that perfect. Um, Liv, Liv works too much no matter what. Yeah. So for the first year, Liv's, I mean, Liv's doing 100 hours a week. Yeah. Not living here. It's not, they're not working anymore because they live here. No, right. yeah, I would say that living here has been um, honestly helpful and that I, you know, I think for me it's always been this, you know, there probably is like 75 to 80 hours a week of work that it does have to get done. Yeah. Um, and then the other 10, 20 hours that I'm here, probably I don't 
I, just me wanting to feel included <laughs> um, and, to, and to be a part of it and yeah. that fear of missing out. And mm. I think um, when I moved in here, it was really nice because all of a sudden I was like, well, I can go home, but I'm still like a part of the scene a little mm. bit. I can mm. still keep an eye on things. Or if things get real busy, I can pitch If things get pitch. real busy, I can, I can jump back in. If yeah. you, you know, so that feeling I think has been... So I'm, I'm like reading, and maybe I'm misinterpreting, but a strong sense of like desire for belonging in terms of like creating the space oh, to yeah. create that. I think, I think for me, so much of this space, you know, I think that when I, when I moved, I think my whole life I've been searching for, for community and, and especially um, queer community mm. for myself. And I think when I moved to Vermont, I was living in Elmore and it's okay. pretty, pretty, you know, decently remote, so I was right there, but yeah, it's um, still kind of out there. But it's still kind of out there and, and I felt really like, I had just come from Portland, Maine and mm. I was like, oh, there's no one here and there's no gay person here. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and I felt really lonely and, and sort of, um, removed from community in a way and yeah. um, thought I would find that at Hunger Mountain and it, yeah. it unfortunately didn't happen. Um, like it wasn't as easy to fall into a community there. Um, yeah. And so I think, I mean, I think since I, since I realized what I wanted to do when I was, when I was pretty young, which was run a food shop, the idea was, um, was creating a community hub. Yeah. And I, I think the big reason I left Maine was because so much of the business culture there is um, based around tourism. Oh, I see. So it's this idea, you know, it's like if you build, if you build like a bakery or a or a coffee shop or yeah. you know, whatever, it ends up being you're doing it mostly to serve. You end up having to mostly serve tourists because that's like yeah. where so much of the money in Maine comes from. Right. Um, people and coming and going. People coming and going, and, yeah. and that's just not true in Central Vermont. It. Central Vermont is really community focused in yeah. this incredible way. Um, and so you wanted to chase that feeling. And so I wanted to chase yeah. that feeling, and I, and I feel like we've, we've uh, found that here and been yeah. so lucky to be um, just so embraced by the community here. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I really appreciate how vulnerable you are in sharing that. You know, like I definitely I feel like also I feel very driven by a sense of desire for belonging. Yeah. And to like, if I can't natively walk into a place and feel that, then it's like, how do you facilitate that so that it can exist, right, yeah. at all? So I think that's very um, compelling. And that's kind of the core of what we're trying to show in our project is that, like, how interconnected we all are. Yeah. And um, I always say, like, Vermont's like a paint store. You never knew there were so many types of whites. <laughs> Where it's like, we're all living together, coexisting. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you have, like, these people with totally disparate worldviews who on the surface might look similar skin tone but are actually very fundamentally different and we're just try desperately trying to hang on through the winter and make things work yeah because i'm very special about that i think definitely i think <laughs> i think it's true that like vermont feels very monoculture in in many ways mm -hmm. um but i i do think that there are so many people who feel who feel lonely or feel disconnected mm -hmm. and, and aren't able to like find their people or their yeah. the, the people they can relate to and connect with and mm -hmm. um yeah so, and figuring out how to build spaces where people can do that I yeah think is, is so important so going back to the food side specifically here you, you said when you were young you decided you want to run a food market why where did that come from i don't know i think i think it probably came from like realizing I could make cookies for people and mm. that made people like me. 
<laughs> to be totally That's honest, awesome, yeah. I think it is just like. At what age was that? Maybe 12. Okay. 11, 12. Okay, so was, like middle school ish. Yeah, age. middle school. It was yeah. like showing up to school with a box of chocolate chip cookies I made yeah. and everyone being like so excited. And, oh, wow. Um, and then yeah. I moved into dinners. Yeah, and then like, like. Liv loves to cook. I love making people dinner. I oh, love wow. having people over for dinner. Sweet. When we lived in Portland, I used to throw pretty big, like, I would make a huge dinner, put it out on social media, say, hey, I'm making dinner, anyone who wants to come, and our friends and neighbors and stuff would show up, and we'd um, have big dinner parties in our oh, tiny, tiny apartment, and um, we had, we would, like, set up the table, and then, like, the two couches, and mm -hmm. the coffee table, and then, like, a little, like, seating area, because it would just, like, stretch from the living room into the bedroom. Spill over. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's really cool. And so then coming back here to Fox Market, when did you take the transition from Hunger Mountain to coming here? So I had left Hunger Mountain to open AR Market for Pete Coleman and Barry. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I opened that, um, kind of knowing that it probably wasn't going to be a long-term thing, but just wanted to get that grocery store open for them. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty broad background um, from building to groceries to... Um, marketing and brand I mean just yeah. like I I had all the skill set to open a market yeah. um, from scratch okay um, I did a lot of kind of finished building work and cool. registers and just setting everything up for yeah. him all the back-end stuff yeah um, and we're hoping he's gonna be in this project too great oh so, nice yeah um, you know and then we we just realized like not too far into it that our visions of like what we both wanted weren't exactly the same mm. um, and so I just started looking for a new space and found this abandoned building that was pretty much condemned um, and thought it was in the perfect location. It had a lot of aspects to it that I could see in the bones that I wanted, like the two separate doors, which you have to have for the vision of the kind of space we have. So yeah. um, pretty much just wrote a letter to the owner, um, called the town clerk and got an address and wrote a letter saying, I'd like to buy your building. Yeah. Um, he called me back immediately and said, let's do it. Um, so we started working on it. Um, but again, the building was pretty much condemned, so it took a lot to... Yeah. When, what year was this? 2021. It was uh, maybe January. Somewhere right there, yeah. Wow. It was before that, so... Oh, 2021. Yeah, because we opened in June of 2021. So it was 2020 when, when that all that happened. Started. Yeah. Okay. Because we... Um, they were probably started looking at it in November or something. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Gotcha. And um, and so... And, and Donnie, where did you grow up? Sorry. I didn't oh, I grew up on the West Coast. Okay. Um, and I lived all over, kind of all the U.S. and yeah. lived in South America for a while. Oh, wow. Came to the East Coast from there. Um, what brought you to Vermont? My friend's down. I, I was brought to Western Mass with a partner of mine from Chile. Yeah. Um, but then we split up and I wasn't happy down there and my friends down there just kept saying, try Vermont. It sounds like Vermont is what you want. Mm. I was like, I don't know. I never really heard of Vermont. It's like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I came up here for a summer and I loved it and, and haven't okay. left since. Um, where, in, where in the West Coast you grew up? Portland area. Okay, cool. I grew up in Southern California. Next. Um, and so I just, just threw everything I had into this space um, from name to, to cleaning it to building it asking Liv pretty much the entire time um, if they were interested in doing this project with me. Um, I said no a lot. <laughs> Liv said no a lot. Liv had a really great opportunity at Hunger Mountain. Yeah. Um, a position was being created just for what 
she was actually already doing. Um, okay. She was working above, they were working above their position um, and they were creating a brand new position, pretty much just that matched what they were actually doing. Um, and then a couple weeks before we opened, um, Hunger Mountain backed out on that and said, you know, we're, it's, wow. not in, it's not in the budget this year. It's actually not in the budget. Um, oh, we're wow. not going to create that position so for you. So they lost you. So I said, great, I have other opportunities. <laughs> because Liv had been doing that Hunger job Mountain for years. They like, messed up. <laughs> I, and, think, I think they recognize that. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and then it's like, huh. you know, I didn't have the vision for food, mm. you know, here. I had the vision for the community space, but not for the food aspect mm, of I it. See, okay. It was going to be much more of a market with, like, the community space, but, like, we weren't going to make all our food from scratch right we were going to buy frozen food so you guys really made a great team on that and then because you could see that you could sort of vision envision the market space especially i could see i mean hey and is great yeah i've been there and see that and hearing what you saw about the cookies and yeah so um and liv is like my my worry is is like what i really want is prepared foods Mm. and i was like don't worry there will be room for (laughs) you to make Mm. a space for prepared foods here like i just knew that that was like going to be an easy fit yeah um, so you carved that out in the space. I, we, I just knew that it was going to be natural for oh, it. Okay. Like, like we almost needed it Ooh. in order to do, I mean, definitely to do what we're doing now. Yeah. Mm. But also Liv is the hardest working person I know. Mm. And I work pretty damn hard, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's, it's always funny to me because I think both of us are the hardest working person that the other person knows. <laughs> and then I think all of our friends are like, our family just are like, oh, like, I always thought you were the hardest working person I'd ever met, and then I met Donnie, uh, <laughs> and then, right, like, right. vice versa. Wow. Um, yeah, so Liv came on. We, we pushed the opening back a few weeks just to get um, pretty much our prepared foods in order. Yeah. Um, and just... Did you guys finance the place to go out of pocket? Or? So, yeah, we just, you know, we are very transparent about yeah. all of our finances and how we started. Um, we each put in $10,000 out of our savings. Yeah. Um, I got a small line of credit on my, my personal house, mm-hmm. and that was it. Um, wow. And so we've had a plan from the very beginning how we could make this work. It was a lease to own, and we had to purchase within the first year. We lost everything. So Oh, wow. We had to make enough money in the business, yeah. have, be cash flow positive, and make money um, to pay for the down payment of the building within one year. Wow. Um, and that means we had to have it within nine months in order to get everything, <laughs> you know, in order to have you know, that and, together. And, 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 and those owners are savages, huh? Um, wow. That's a tough, that's a tough argument. It was. It was hard, but... I was okay with writing that in the contract because I wrote the price I wanted. I wrote the lease price. We oh, cool. we came up with everything, and it was it was what we could afford. But yeah. it was also going to be in our favor because this place was not showable. It wasn't sellable. Yeah. We, we knew that. I don't know how bad they. I don't know if they really wanted. I think they probably you know they needed to step away from the project. So mm-hmm. um, we didn't want to do anything unfair, but we did what worked for us for sure. Uh, and they needed to close within the first year due to financing reasons on their end. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. And so um, that's how we made it work. So we just came in and we worked really hard and we got, you know, yeah. earned enough capital to put our down payment on. And um, well, There's something about the constraints, too, that I think makes people try really hard. That's yeah. it. If that's it what is. you have to do, then yeah. that's what you have yeah, to we do. Have no choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we also needed a yeah. commercial business loan to buy the property. Mm. And if you don't have any cash flow, well, P and L or cash flow, or yeah. if you don't have yeah. anything yet to show, like a startup, it's really hard. Totally, you have to have a lot of other money. But right. with having no money, we needed that that year of operating in order to show yeah. we are a business that can make money. Right. 
bank was completely happy to loan us the money. Sure. By that point, yeah. They were you like, know. great. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> so uh, was last good. year then, 2022, that you guys did that? Uh, yeah, April April of 2022, we purchased this building. Wow. But we had already put, like, we had acted as if we owned the building. I mean, we put, you know, $15,000 worth of heating and cooling units in before we purchased the building. Um, we were sure that we were going to do it. Um, well, you know, you, you both seem like really savvy business operators, you know, and I think there's like this thing where on the front, it's like an art to like having great products, which I would consider like creating an atmosphere part of the product, right? And then actually being good at business. And I feel like some people are really good at one or the other. Yeah. And it's very rare that you get people that can do both and really continue that in a sustainable way. So it seems like you guys have really figured out that formula for yourselves, which is cool. I think so. I, it is funny. Uh, we we see a lot of people who love food and are so excited to and talk a lot about opening restaurants. Yeah. And you're like, you can love food to the moon and back. I, I love food. It, it would not mean that I would open a, a evening restaurant. You know, like yeah. it would, I wouldn't want to be a full service restaurant because I know the financials of that. I know what yeah. it looks like. I know how often they fail. Yeah. And can you do your cash flow? Can, can you do right. inventory? Can, can you staff up? Are yeah. you able to do your own books? Or do, are you going to have to pay someone to do that? And if you have to pay someone to do that, where's yeah. that money coming from? You know, totally. like all these things that we either taught ourselves or figured out how to, we asked for, you know, we had we had friends who could give us some advice and yeah. we had an incredible community. Who definitely leaned, definitely leaned on friends. Yeah. 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 Like we wrote the contract for this. We didn't have a lawyer review it. Um, <laughs> we, we wrote it with, we wrote it with, <laughs> other people you know like us that know yeah. contracts enough and then yeah. I had a five minute conversation with a lawyer on a phone and they asked me if we had these four things in the contract and I said yes and they're like there's hey I don't have time to do this but B sounds like, <laughs> sounds good. You're like yeah. we also don't have 600 bucks so. <laughs> well you can't but you can't you can't find a lawyer just to review contracts for you um, yeah they want yeah. they want to be your lawyer for other things yeah sure. yeah and they're like four months out and yeah, it's, yeah, you know like for sure so so, um, I guess, moving back to the food, um, for the Evermont side of this, your, your food program here, I mean, it, you did, you used to do the rotisserie chicken, I, I know that's ended, but you guys are famous for your Pop-Tarts and your doughs. Um, or do you see, what do you see your trajectory a couple years out from now in terms of what your food program looks like and your goals? I think we have really loved, um, I guess the, well, I'm trying to think what what angle to take on this because there's the sort of movement if Barry happens and if that kind of that the wheel like building all goes the way we think it will. Yeah. Um, but so much of what we are are thinking about and talking about is is really expanding um, our pastry. We're really excited about um, this idea of the like grab and go that sort of market made ready mm. um, salads and. Um, you know, frozen lasagnas, you know, things that like maybe aren't super sexy, but like yeah. just feel like someone can come in and pick up a, a frozen pizza that we made with like yeah. our funky, weird local ingredients. Yeah. And, you know, it's like take that home and bake yeah. it. Useful and homey. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, you know, I love doing, we do five course dinners every Saturday. We do like a, a different sort of um, dinner special. And, you know, those things are definitely more. Um, feel more culinary maybe mm -hmm. or more ele elevated I guess but sure. um, I still feel like m my goal with food here and with sort of the, f the 
the food culture we're creating is something that feels um, comforting first. Yeah. Um, and even like, I feel like homemade maybe gets looked down on, but I love that feeling of like homemade homemade food. Yeah. Well, it feels very Vermont, and it feels very consistent with what you have here. You know. Yeah. So I guess um, I mean this is pretty much my questions here. Oh, thirty minutes we've been chatting, huh? Do you have anything else for the community in terms of anyone that might be listening that you want to share that you feel like I haven't asked about that's on your, like in terms of rounding out your story, doesn't feel like I want you to know this about me or <laughs> whatever. I mean, or the mis- like whatever else, you know, people will come and experience it, learn for themselves. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I feel like we covered so much of what I feel like this place is about, but, um, <laughs> I just, I mean, I think we've said this a couple of times, but I just want to make it clear that like, you know, this, this happened, this project, this, like our Fox Market happened because Donnie and I busted our butts, but also because like everyone showed up for us, Mm -hmm. you know, like so many people um, have given so much of their time and energy, both to Fox Market, um, you know, anyone who's ever worked here, anyone who's ever come and spent their hard-earned money here, you know, like, everyone who trusted us to the first time they came to eat here, yeah. you know, like, that, yeah. all of that really built this place. And then also just, like, everyone in our personal lives who mm. has taken care of our homes and our, and, you know, and our families and, and yeah. our helped us pick up our cars from the shop or all of those things that go into making it so that we can work a hundred hours a week yeah like that piece of it is so invaluable and um, you know I think Donnie and I often get a lot of credit but like that only happens because everyone shows up yeah customers employees friends family yeah yeah Yeah. wait but you guys it takes someone to really set the vision first and to lead that and it seems like you you and Donnie have both done an excellent job of that so yeah I think we we enjoy doing it so yeah. it's, it's I'm glad it's going well <laughs> cool yeah. alright well thank you both for your time this yeah. is actually significantly longer than the 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's because we can talk <laughs> yeah, but, but that's great though I mean it is obvious for me it's great it, it's so clear that how evident like your passion is and there's no way you would work 100 hours plus weeks you know, consistently, you know, over time, even 80 hour weeks over time, impossible without feeling really devoted to what you're doing and building and, so, and enjoying. I mean, we yeah, enjoy. and enjoying. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really admire that. And, um, if it was at least 60 hours of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty that's good. If, if you enjoy 60 and yeah. work 80, then that's three quarters. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think that's probably more than most people at their jobs. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. okay. Thank you all for tuning in today. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider leaving us a, a rating, a high rating, <laughs> if you might, um, and also just sharing it with people that you think might find it interesting to hear these conversation series. Now, we also, of course, want feedback, and we would love suggestions of people that we should speak to. So if you want to reach us, you can reach us at hello at eatvermont.com. Thank you all for listening, and remember to eat Vermont.